Good morning, Jordan. Hey, good morning. How's it going? <clears throat> uh, it's going. Good morning, everybody. Uh, today's Monday, August 1st. We made it through July. Barely made it. <laughs> made it through July. <laughs> Monday, August 1st. This is the Mind Virus Podcast. My name is Bobby Flood. That's Jordan Bruno. That is correct. And uh, we are back again. This is going to be episode, what? I've lost, ca- I've lost count. 90? 91? 84. Five is no sorry. Eighty five was last week. The title of eighty five last week. I'm very proud of. Joseph Smith is a Mormon. (laughs) Yeah, last week we talked about the. This will be eighty six. Talked about the uh, recent, recently discovered photograph that the owners of the photo are claiming that the it's Joseph Smith. Photo of Joseph Smith. So if you haven't uh, seen that photo or heard of that conversation, go take a look. Take a look and listen at mindvirus.show. So I mentioned last week I, had a, I have a couple of friends that are fairly well studied on the, you know, face, facial recognition, face typing, uh, you know, all, the, all those little minor details. And they were saying that they didn't think it was Joseph Smith, mm-hmm. which was kind of disappointing to me because... I, I like want, I told you last week, I want it to be Joseph Smith. I like it. I, it uh, and I'm not saying that uh, that means it's not Joseph. They're, they could be wrong. Uh, one of them mentioned that he thought that if, if you look at the death mask, the eye sockets are not the same. But then uh, I was privy to some of our other listeners sent me a, a preprint, kind of an, I wouldn't, I'm not sure if it's an academic article, but it was done by the John Whitmer. Family History Association, and which I think I don't know if that's related to the RLDS Church or not, but they were they love it. They think it's Joseph Smith, and they did a a, like a fifty percent opacity overlay. That's where you take in Photoshop, you overlay one photo over another, and then you take uh, and, and make it partially you make one layer partially transparent so you can kind of see both layers at the same time and so they have a they have a working graphic of that in their document which pretty much any could do anybody could do but it does look like the chin the nose and the eye sockets all match up kind of pretty close to that to that photograph so anyway the jury is still out when we all cross the veil and and meet joseph we can say hey was that your photograph do you recognize a man in this photo? <laughs> Where were you? Yeah, I, I believe that that, that document uh, is available on the John Whitmer website for like $15, um, if it's the same one. And then the, the people who went public with this, uh, the owner of the locket and the photo, mentioned that they would be doing a symposium or a lecture or something like that here in early August. So I'm kind of keeping my ear to the ground. I'd like to see that and listen to it so we if 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 needed we will uh continually update our loyal listenership on that interesting topic 
We hope it's interesting to you. If it's not, let us know. We had a few comments chime in, commenters. But anyway, today, like I said, it's Monday, August 1st. And in, in the coming days and years, I just want you to know that you will own nothing and you will be hungry. <laughs> the basis of today's episode, we've decided, is going to be an article we found on Zero Hedge. Uh, written by Alex Newman of the Epoch Times. It's entitled, UN, World Economic Forum, Behind Global, quote, War on Farmers, According to Experts. Yeah, experts say. Experts say. You will be hungry. Well, no, it's the experts that are saying that the UN and the World Economic Forum are behind the global war on farmers. Right. But the other experts, the real experts... The ones that work for the UN? They're telling you that you're going to be happy. <laughs> and everybody knows that hunger equals happiness. I've had a few, I've thought of a few <laughs> different, different uh, takes on the WEF slogan, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. That's, of course, what they have claimed that, right? And we've, we've referred to that often. Mm-hmm. You'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Uh some alternatives for that are you'll own nothing and you'll be hungry or you'll own nothing and they'll be happy. <laughs> you'll own nothing and it's not a recession. Uh, there's lots more. Maybe you can chime in in the comments or maybe you have some of your own, uh, Jordan, that you can think of right now. But it's an absurd... I don't want to pre- think. It's an absurd premise. You'll own nothing and you'll be happy. And, um, but they mean it. They mean it. Uh, when when your enemies tell you what they're going to do, it's a good idea to take them seriously, to believe their <laughs> words. Because these guys, and we've said this over and over, they're telling us exactly what they want to do. And what is that? They want to reimagine society from the ground up. Are, are you a Scottish? I don't know what that Scottish was. It was Klaus just, Schwab. It, it, it had to be something. You need a more in your R. Uh, but we are reimagining <laughs> you dirty useless eater yeah you i am a dirty useless eater you were alluding to another story that i thought was interesting on uh, zero hedge today which was um by, by steve watson over at summit news uh the title is senior Econ- Senior economist, quote, fact-checked by Facebook for saying the U.S. is in recession. This is interesting because now more and more people are having to face the facts that uh, the pre-2020 reality is no longer the reality according to top government experts or the the propaganda media. Um, Of course, the definition of recession has up until this year, always been two quarters of negative GDP growth, two consecutive quarters. And in fact, you can go back and get like guys like Bill Clinton on tape saying, well, the definition of recession is two quarters of negative GDP yeah, growth. You, you've got Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden. They're on video. Like they, yeah, even Joe Biden calling uh, Donald Trump a terrible president because we're in a recession, you know, and he's just making crap up. But uh, but you literally can find video, and I'm not going to do it, of Bill Clinton saying the definition of a recession is. <laughs> right. And that's been a pretty well-established, well-accepted 
Definition of recession. Two consecutive quarters of negative growth. Right. Or decline. Well, negative growth is sort of an oxymoron. Right. Of, of a retracting, shrinking. a shrinking economy when GDP shrinks. Now, what's crazy is that the way the government measures this stuff is all convoluted. A, a, website, a website that many of you might be interested in is a one called shadowstats.com, which I will link to. A guy named John Williams has sort of got a claim to fame because all he's been doing is in the last 20 years, he's been tracking government stats according to their own methodology before they changed it. And so things like ref- inflation look like they're way higher yeah, they, when they're tracked according to like 2001 standards or 1986 standards or whatever before the government changed how they calculated inflation. Yeah, they, and they, they've changed the definition or the way they count unemployment. They, they, they fudge this stuff all the time. And uh, remember, it's always your fault. It's always your fault because you own things and you're unhappy. So, yeah, there, there is a global war on farmers and war on food. We don't hear about it a lot in the mainstream press, but uh, there's some big things happening in the Netherlands. Tell us about that. Catch me up to date. Well, the short version is that... Uh, the, no, the, give me the long version. The Dutch government is, cut, is forcing farmers to cut back on use of fertilizer. Nitrogen? Yeah. Now, is keep this in mind... Because, is this because uh, nitrogen is a deadly gas? Like, if it got into the atmosphere, possibly, or your tires, possibly it might degrade, yes, might kill you, nitrogen? Is. Yeah. Have you had the, have you had, um, the Pepsi Nitro? No. <laughs> it's Pepsi. But instead of like carbonated water, it's... Okay, now, I'm, I was just fact-checking myself. Sorry, go ahead. Instead of carbonated water... It's like made bubbly with nitrogen, but it's really smooth. It's a different texture. It's, you should get some. It's quite expensive. It's so called Pepsi what? Pepsi Nitro. But yeah, you're right. Nitrogen, if nitrogen was like leaked into the atmosphere, it would kill Destroy us all. Destroy us all, wouldn't it? Now, I'm just going to fact-check <laughs> check you and I here. Now, this, okay. this, would right, be prob- this probably will be changed... Um, soon, because fact checkers will need to fix this. But the top result on Google, if you search for gases in the atmosphere, says this, according to nationalgeographic.org. Quote, Earth's atmosphere is composed of about 78% nitrogen. Now, wait a minute. Say what? Um, yeah, but if it was... We se- must have been talking about a different nitrogen. If it was 71% nitrogen, we would all die. And that's why these farmers need to be stopped because they're contributing to, to taking that the, extra one. They're taking the nitrogen out of the atmosphere and putting it into the ground. Mm-hmm. Or is it just a different nitrogen? Is this the ni- <laughs> is this the nitrogen the WEF hates versus the stuff that's seventy eight percent of the atmosphere? Well, yes, probably. Anyway, it's twenty one percent oxygen. 9% argon and 1% other gases. And those other gases really get you. Like, um, or sorry, 0.9% argon and 0.1% other gases. That's where the whole carbon dioxide thing is right. because it goes from, if carbon dioxide goes from like 0.01 to 0.011. keep in mind that uh, the Netherlands... Cats and dogs start sleeping together and all hell breaks loose. The Netherlands um, 
exports a lot of food to Europe. Uh, it's kind of a breadbasket. And these farmers are being told you can't use the nitrogen. And they're pushing back. There's some big, been some big protests. And I think what it comes down to is this quote from uh, someone called Craig Rucker, president of the Committee for a Constructive Tomorrow. He says, the end goal of these efforts is to reduce sovereignty on both individual nations and people. The intent for those pushing this agenda is not to save the planet as they purport, but to inc- increase control over people. By the way, carbon dioxide is about 0.04% of the atmosphere. And remember, that's the whole basis of all this talk about... Right. Look, the climate, the climate change agenda is a cover. There's some people who probably are true believers in the, in the cult the climate cult. And a lot of those are mid-level useful idiots just like the COVID cult true believers like Spencer Cox. But at the top, the people moving and shaking and controlling all of this are doing it to make sure that they can control every little thing that you do from the food you eat to what you're allowed to buy, where you're allowed to live, where you're allowed to travel, uh, what you can spend your money on down to the the most micro uh, micro transaction you can think of. No, you cannot buy that candy bar. We are low on crickets anyway, and the crickets that we make our candy bars with need to be redirected because we need more cricket loaves. You ever see the movie The Island with Scarlett Johansson and uh, Ewan McGregor? No. No, I don't. I don't see a lot of these movies you refer to. I need to watch more movies. I don't know if you really should. That <laughs> I don't know if we have time to be watching all these movies. We probably should be doing better things before the end here. Fact check, true. <laughs> uh, no, it's a movie. I won't tell you all about it, but uh, and I won't give you the big reveal. But they're they're in this uh, sort of this utopian safe zone, awaiting to get transported to the island. Which is the you know paradise because the earth has been destroyed, and um, the the system, the mechanism there, this oligarchy there has them all tracked, and they can't they can't eat what they want, right? Like Ewan McGregor can't get any bacon because he's they're monitoring him, and he's not supposed to have sodium. So, but he likes bacon, so Scarlett Johansson has to give him her bacon. Yeah, well, that's that's Scarlett Johansson. That's like not the be soft a, version. Scarlett Johansson's not going to be able to even get bacon in the in the coming dystopia because there won't be any bacon. If there is, it'll be some fake thing that's made out of paste. You won't be in the camp with uh, Scarlett Johansson either. You'll be in the camp with like uh, Billy the Marauder and uh, right. Joe the Scavenger. <laughs> right. It'll be more. The like women that. will be separated. Yeah. No, I mean, we kind of joke about this stuff, but it's, it's real. It's coming. The infrastructure is being laid or is laid. The, um, the, the, the process, the, uh, the foundations are there for digital ID, digital money. Um, Bill Gates and co own all the farmland in America, more or less, give or take. Uh, they own all the companies in, in the food 
the food production companies. BlackRock owns all those. BlackRock, BlackRock, Vanguard, is a, BlackRock and State Vanguard. Street. These guys are a huge problem that nobody's really talking they about. They own everything. They own so much. And they uh, nobody knows who they are really and what what they actually do. And but yeah, these small group of bajillionaires and big giant corporate corporations are buying up everything. And, uh, you know, the food, everything you eat more or less comes from about 10 companies who own all the other little brands you like to buy at the grocery store. Farmland is being destroyed or bought up. Uh, food, food processing plants, there's been a lot of vandalism and accidents and weirdness and fires and dead cows and pigs this year alone. Um, there's a lot of really interesting red flags, alarm bells. And then on top of it, you have the rhetoric of them saying, you know, things like we need a, we need to cut back on meat and you need to eat uh, more vegetables. And hey, have you tried bugs? Oh, and if the bugs don't do it for you, maybe your neighbor will. Have you tried cannibalism? <laughs> the New York Times and other major publications are pushing cannibalism. No way. By the way, David Levitt is not a cannibal. Okay. He said so. That's on the record, guys. Let me find the let me let me find the headline from the New York Times. From the New York Times, they're pushing cannibalism. They're pushing cannibalism because you know what, crickets and cockroaches aren't for everybody. <laughs> okay, I'm blown away by that. Did you see the uh, article I sent you from Solari.com where they're they're talking about uh, they're they're going to start they're going to stop actually growing the food in the fields and they're going to do it all via hydroponics. Yeah. With, with led lights and, and skyscrapers. I did. I read most through most of that and, and it's terrifying. It's, yeah. It's terrifying. And it's all it's ready. Like they it's already not, have, some, it's not theoretical. You probably have some food coming from these, these hubs, these food hubs. They call them food hubs, right? Yeah. Well, this is from July 23rd, 2022. The New York times. Cannibalism has a time and a place. Some recent books, films, and shows suggest the time is now. Can you stomach it? And then the article is called A Taste for Cannibalism? Question mark. A Taste for... Yeah, there it is. I got it right. First try <laughs> off of Google. And then the, the top reply is from Zuby. Uh, if you don't know Zuby, Zuby Music, he's, a, he's been a... He's, he's great. You should follow Zuby one way or another or buy some of his music. <laughs> But he's got the top reply on Twitter. It says, I will not eat the bugs and I will certainly not eat my neighbors. But uh, uh, they are conditioning us for dystopia. <coughs> wow. They are conditioning us for dystopia. You will own nothing and you will be nobody. I think all it takes is the rug pull, right? I mean, what a lot of people think that... This is a good question. I'd love to hear the listeners chime in on this. Like... Are we, are we really only, say, nine meals away from total chaos? You know, what, what's the difference between your elders quorum president and a hardened criminal? It's nine meals, right? Maybe six meals. Uh, are we that close to chaos, or is everybody going to sit down and sing Kumbaya and hu the human spirit will prevail? Uh, it's probably regional. I think you'd get... But even the Kumbaya is going to get old when people's stomachs are growling. And, you know, we, we had this conversation at the dinner table yesterday. At the dinner table? With, well, a, a similar conversation. We didn't talk about cannibalism because we were eating meat. 
from And you weren't talking cows. about eating bugs. We were eating meat from cows, chickens, and there was shrimp. But shrimp comes from shrimp. Were these from Franken cows and Franken shrimp? Were these I, grown I, in labs? I, I, I don't gro- think so. <laughs> you hope not? I don't think so. We have no but idea com- where this food is coming the from. The conversation was, if you could only pick one thing for your food storage, what would it be? And people are saying things, oh, water, you need this and that. And I just said, ammo. <laughs> because then with, uh, with the guns and ammo, you can go and take whatever you need and just shoot the people that have what you need. Yeah. And I was being a little bit... Right, right. A lot of know, people do that. Facetious, yeah. but also... Um, Trying to illustrate a point. And not that I, and my sister was like, so you would just murder people. I'm like, well, that provides even more food, according to the New York Times. <laughs> but I do think it's important that we, that the stuff you do have, you're going to need to defend it, potentially. And I don't think you should advertise the stuff you have. You don't need to go to church or the local uh, book club or something the and pro- the brag pro- about your vast food storage. The problem with the LDS culture the way it is how you spend so much time with all these people in your neighborhood is they all know sure probably they know who they're going to turn in for the points they know who that the the points that uh, they score with the oligarchy you know when your neighbor's like able to get three rations of uh flour by turning you in as a thought criminal or a whatever a hoarder that they know who who it is and they know who's got the guns and everything i'm pretty sure at least some of us can't keep our mouths shut. I'm guessing the <laughs> listeners can tell. Some of us started a podcast. Some of us, yeah. <laughs> who can and who can't. Or, who, you know, whoever the last 10 or 15 years has been outspoken about secret combinations or the problems in the world or getting prepared, you know. Right. That's, that's <clears throat> part of the problem is those of you that have tried to evangelize for truth and liberty and freedom, you're sort of putting yourself out there already. And what's the solution? Move a block away if you're in Utah because then you'll be in a different ward where no one knows you and you'll be quickly forgotten by the people up the street. (laughs) That's kind of true. (laughs) Well, um, they're telling us exactly what they want to do. The the people who run the world, the oligarchy, the hierarchy, whatever you want to call them. You know, the... Yeah, the uh, article that you referenced, this one from the Epoch Times, or the Epic Times, I think they like to call themselves. Then why would they spell their name Epoch if they want to be called Epic? Some people say Epic instead of Epoch. Um, I wonder what... Okay, you're the pronunciator, and we're going off of your pronunciation. I've always thought that E-P-O-C-H, which is a, a large amount of time... You know, it was spell was pronounced epoch. According to Google. Epic. 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 All right. Well, Google's never wrong. I disagree. The epic times, the epoch times, an epoch's on your house. Um, Here we go. I can say it, but you have to know that the British say it differently as Epoch, epoch or epoch, both pronunciations are correct, just different ways of saying it. Here are more videos on how to pronounce those words whose pronunciations differ between British English and American English. See you there to learn more. Can we trust a man with that kind of an accent? Yeah, I, I trust him more because of his accent. Than I the, trust than him more because he agrees with me. Voice. 
Well, I trust him more because he agrees with me. Uh, I play the radio. Put that down as a T-shirt. <laughs> True. That's kind of that's kind of the summary of our entire political discourse, right? Of now. our of our lives. That guy d- agrees with what I think. Therefore, he is smart and trustworthy, and he is a true. And he had a expert. very intriguing accent. Yeah, very well, intellectually sounding accent. He, uh, this author at the Epoch Epic Times. Epoch. It's Epoch. Brings up the on the Mind uh, Virus show. It's Epoch. <laughs> brings up the. Uh, UN Sustainable Development Goals, Agenda 2030. It's not just a conspiracy theory. Okay, yeah, so here's the, here's the thing. The United Nations, people, people like to act like, oh, the United Nations isn't in control of us. The World Economic Forum, they're far removed from us, right? That's, you can act like that. You can act like that. And we've, we've, those of us that have been crying conspiracy theory not wolf conspiracy theory for a long time like say the john birch society they've been widely castigated like people who threw out ezra taff benson for saying stuff like this he was <laughs> he was poo-pooed i guess is the word he well, was he was like humored by the the Mormon hierarchy, even when he was the president of the church, he was like handled. He was handled. And after he passed away, there was a kind of a crackdown on Bircher types, homeschool types in the church. People, like regular members. He was the secretary of agriculture in the United States of America, meaning a cabinet level position and a member of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. As far as credentials... Here's the guy that we probably should have paid attention to. Or, okay, sorry, I was going to say some really offensive things. So, <laughs> but it's not just in church, right? Like, so the point the, is the the whole Bircher kind of idea is highly well, in the media in general mocked you, in yeah, mainstream. You, you, if you, you up until recently, it, uh, you know, conspiracy theory was taboo. Now, it's like. How to talk to your friend who's a conspiracy theorist? Remember that meme? I think we posted it before. Yeah, on the podcast. start by apologizing. Yeah, start by apologizing. Like, I'm sorry for, I'm sorry, bro. Uh, you were right about everything. You know, all the Alex Jones is right stuff. Uh, yeah, it looks like. But look, it it gets it gets explicit. Like, who is uh, who who are the presidents of universities in your area? probably have ties in one way or another to these organizations. To who are the United your, Nations. Who are your mayors and your governors and your... Your, your county your, attorney. Does he have an apartment in Ukraine? If so, why? <laughs> right. George Soros is funding a lot of attorney generals in, in states. Uh, literally just... Does George Soros have an apartment in Ukraine? Probably not. Probably. Probably. Probably not. Probably owns an apartment building in Ukraine. He probably owns... Part Ukraine. of Ukraine. <laughs> but... It, this is how they've operated. They brag about it, right? The young global leaders, we've talked about them. That's a WEF organization that places friendly people to their causes into governments. So you have people like, oh, uh, you know, influential people like Justin Trudeau, also known as Justin Castro. Castro. And who's he? Oh, he's just the prime minister of Canada. You have his right-hand lady, Ironically named Freeland, <laughs> right. who's also 
Uh, okay, so Canada is owned by the WF. Go across the pond. What about like Angela Merkel? Is she in any way related to the WEF? Yeah, probably. Was she one of the young leaders? Or was she a leader? Uh, I think she, she's too old to be a young she leader. She was too old to be a young leader, but she was a protege of Klaus Schwab, right? I believe, the, I believe so. What about Are Vladimir you? Putin? Yeah, probably. I think he's linked to the WEF. There's some speculation that he is actually an anti-globalist, and that's one of the reasons he's the big villain. And I don't know if that's accurate or not. It just might be his role. It might be that he's the heel in all of this uh, KFAB. Right. Uh, Yacinda Ardern, Jordan's favorite world leader. Same thing. Same, same people, right? Local, local, uh, <laughs> somewhat, dirty looks, dirty looks, somewhat local, local, uh, Senate candidate, independent Evan McMullen has a background with the UN, the CIA and Goldman Sachs. And he's running as an independent. Nobody, nobody with those ties is independent. Okay. Nobody is independent. So, you know, he's an AstroTurf candidate. Who knows what his, uh, you know, where his funding comes from? I know that his uh, after his little presidential run stunt here in Utah, he founded some anti-Trump organization, which was funded by uh, one of the founders of somebody, a big, a big billionaire, left-wing activist, funder, founder of a big company. Now I can't remember. Now we're gonna have to look it up. But anyway, the point being that these people aren't independent. They aren't your friends. They hate you, and they want you to die. To be blunt. Yeah, Russia's involved in it. Here's a just a quick uh, link from the WEF WE Forum, which is the World Economic Forum website from 2021, October 13th. So this is less than a year ago. Russia joins Center for Fourth Industrial Revolution Network. Russia will take a leading role in shaping the trajectory of the Fourth Industrial Revolution. Today, leaders from the Russian Federation and the World Economic Forum announced the Center for the Fourth Industrial Revolution Russia. Part of the forum's global network, the new center will be bringing together leading business and policymakers and members of civil society. Okay, so over the past five years, the World Economic Forum Center for the Fourth Industrial Revolution has expanded to 15 countries. Okay, so they're in it. And the WF has announced it. They're, they're talking about it. So are we witnessing total kayfabe here? Just the whole thing is kayfabe? Well, it, it probably is a lot of that, but the consequences are real. See, and now on cue, like Trump famously got us out of the Paris Climate Accords, right? And then Biden put us right back in. And then it's like, oh, and we have to destroy our fossil fuel dependency because, and, or uh, dependency is the wrong word. We have to f- destroy our fossil fuel infrastructure because why? Because, well, we have to follow these regs. We have to get rid of nitrogen. Why? Because, well, it's in this regulation that we signed and we have to do it because of treaty. Because why? Because, well, that's what the well, U- they, UN set up as a goal. They pretend it's all to save the, w- the world. Well, no, they, that's what they'll say. But then the, ultimately, you know, the, everybody comes out and protests and then the local politicians are like, well, we can't because we're being legally forced to because of this regulation or that regulation. Where are the people that are going to stand up and say enough is enough? We're not going to do that. The donor I was referring to is um, eBay founder Pierre Omidyar. He, he gave a lot of money to Evan McMullen's anti-Trump super PAC thing. 
But yeah, where are those people? Well, we learned through the pandemic that those people don't exist in positions of power. The people who stand up and say enough is enough. A few here and there, but not very many. We learned that most people are just going to do what they're told. It takes, it takes far more than 51% of the population to rise up and get these people to move. Like a, a, a feckless bureaucrat, right? Like somebody who is in charge of, say, pandemics in Utah. Yeah. To, to get them to actually relent, you know, it's going to take like pitchforks and torches and 90% of the people to rise up. They got to they gotta realize they're in, in serious peril before they're going to do anything. Remember the Hobbit, the, uh, what's the name of the guy in the Lake Town City that's the underling of Stephen Fry, who's the, the governor of the city? Remember that guy? Yeah, I remember who you're talking to. That's who to. we're dealing with, that guy. Yeah. He finally, did, does he finally stand up at the end? Can't remember. No, I think he gets killed or chased out, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. But uh, yeah, it seems like he does something, though. It gives him the key to the armory or something. One last. I think they force him. But, uh, but yeah, we're dealing with cowards and people who look out for themselves. Above all else, they do what's best for themselves. And uh, we, we learned that through the pandemic in really harsh reality. That there are people that, in order to preserve their comfort and their income, they were willing to sacrifice yours, right? People like Angela Dunn, Spencer Cox, Mike, uh, uh, or uh, Gary Herbert, and you, you know your local version of the same thing. Your governors, your public health idiots. They didn't. They didn't miss a paycheck during the pandemic. They didn't have to shut down. In fact, they they all got big giant raises. They they lived high on the hog on federal money on state money, and on your fear. Okay, this is the character that we'll, we're dealing with. All of us are dealing with this guy. His name's the actor's name is Ryan Gage, and in the Hobbit: The Battle of the Five Armies, he plays Alfred Lickspittle, who is the underling of the Stephen Fry character, the master of Lake Town, the corrupt governor. Lickspittle. That's a Alfred great name. Alfred Lickspittle. Go watch it. The The Battle of the Five Armies. This is a great movie, right? That's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with him and Dolores Umbridge from right. Harry Potter 5. Right. And they're everywhere. <clears throat> so... Let, should we summarize kind of the, the awfulness of the situation when it comes to food and the, what, what they're trying to... You, you mentioned all of these, uh, these vertical farms where they're going to grow lab, lab-grown vegetables and meat, which isn't meat. I'm trying to tangentize wherever I can because I don't want to think about the awful situation relative to food. I'm having a hard time with my garden this year. Like my stuff isn't growing. That's because the fertilizer you bought is actually salt. I don't know. It might be because I didn't put any fertilizer on it, but maybe I did put salt maybe on it that. or something. Don't you salt the food after it gets to the table, <laughs> not while. I'm just going to well, skip some here, steps. Here's here's like the big picture, the over the overarching big picture that okay. we're up against. It's it, the digiti- it it's the digitization of everything. So digital ID, Utah's right in the thick of the thick of that. Digital money, CBDCs, 
central bank digital currencies. We've talked a lot about that. I, I will rant and rave about those. And then uh, the digitization of the social interactions, right? Metaverse, things like that. Separating yeah. us from one another as best they can. No, no more real human interactions. Pitting us against one another. They did a great job of that. And then control over all of the supply and demand of everything, right? You think this supply chain crisis is organic? No, it's manufactured. It's, it's something that's deliberately being implemented. And that's all to put the squeeze on all of us, I believe. They're, they're making us... They're, they're, they, they, when you build back better, you have to destroy what currently exists. And uh, that's what we're living through. We're living through this controlled demolition and this reimagining. These are their words, right? The reimagining of, of the human race. And they use phrases like that. And uh, where are some of the others? Let me see if I can find some. Uh, a master plan for humanity and a global declaration of independence. You know, all countries and all stakeholders acting in collaborative partnerships will implement this plan. And it, now, no when they one say stakeholder, behind. when they say stakeholder, they don't mean you. Yeah, they. These might, are they, the corporations. They like to fool you into thinking it's you, and they use this lofty language that they're going to eliminate hunger and poverty, and no one will be left behind. Everyone will be left behind. We'll all be hungry. We'll all be poorer. We'll all be controlled. Uh, this again, th- if this gets a hold, if this awful situation, if this secret combination gets above us, we're done as a as a as a free society. We're done, and it's really close. It's I'm holding my fingers really close together. I think we're on the verge of this, and in some cases, it might be too late. It might be too late. But what can you do in the meantime? Well, you can eat meat. You can lift weights and you can shoot guns. <laughs> but I, I, I'm serious, though. You can eat meat. And where do you get your meat? Well, yeah, you could go to Walmart or whatever, the grocery store, but find a local butcher. Find a local butcher that, has, that sources his beef and pork and chicken from local farmers. Those this things, might cost you. It'll cost a bit of money, but you can, you can usually buy from them in big bulk. You can buy an entire cow. That's going to cost you even more. It will cost because the more you buy, the more money you spend. That's so, how things work. A friend of mine told me that, like, if you want to take a cow to a butcher to get it butchered, they're like uh, backed up like months, like a year. Yeah. They're backed up months and year, a year, even on just standard orders. So, of, like, if you want to buy a cow, you're going to buy a cow from them for next year? Yeah, potentially six months out, depending on the butcher and where you live. Now, if you own a cow or own a few cows, maybe, uh, maybe you. That's can, where I'm saying they're b- backed up. If you want to bring your cow to the butcher, well, they're backed up. Even if you just, just for call them right? up and be like, "Hey, I'd like a half side of beef," they're like, "Great, we'll put see, you on the list." We'll see you in January. Hmm. Now, if you own a cow, maybe and you don't know how to butcher it, maybe you can hire the butcher to come to you or a. You uh, that's why I think they they don't have time for that. Well, I'm just, you can find, you could try that. If you live in a, in an that's area, why we need to learn. A, if you live in a state like Texas, Colorado, Utah, New Mexico, Idaho, Wyoming, Montana, you can find somebody that knows how to butcher a cow. Whether they're somebody a, who knows unquote, how to dress a deer, right? Yeah. They I mean, can a, do that. Cow's a bit bigger, but yeah, it's the same idea. Problem is you need like a forklift. Uh, you need a, uh, some sort of a, 
a lift to get it up. Yeah, you could do it with a pulley system and a, a rope. Well, and I mean, a yeah, back, back in the day, how'd they do it, right? Yeah. yeah. But you, you got to do know, it on the, like you, if you, you haven't been you, hunting. You can do it on the ground. If you've never quartered an elk or whatever, you don't know what you're doing, right? It's, right. Have you done this? I, I have not done it recently. I've never done it, I admit it. But so. When I, was a, when I was younger, if we shot a deer or whatever, it was usually like you gut it. You cut it open, you pull the guts out, and then you throw the rest of it in the truck and you drive down to the processor. So you take out the intestinal area, yeah. right? The heart and the lungs and everything, all that? Yeah. And some people would keep the heart and the liver. We were never heart and liver hunters, but... So you, you take <clears throat> the, the internals out and you take the meat with you. Mm-hmm. The meat, the hide, the antlers. Now, nowadays, and I don't know why it took us so long to think of this, us as hunters, there's a method called the gutless method. And that's a lot cleaner. And uh, you basically, you quarter the deer or the elk, whatever you've shot, right on site. And you do it through, you, you skin from the top, you know, right behind, you start right behind the neck. Mm-hmm. And you skin down and then you, you cut the quarters off on that side. Then you take the rib meat. Mm-hmm. Maybe you slip in there, get the tenderloins. And then the back straps, any neck meat you might want. And then you flip the animal over and you do the same thing on the other side. And you never have to bother with the gut cavity. Okay. And you so leave the skeleton there. You leave, and so when you leave, um, all that's left is basically that, that. The rib cage? Rib cage with the guts in there and maybe the hide if you don't keep the hide or whatever. So you're obviously not getting any, any ribs. No, you scrape the rib meat off. Oh, okay. Now you could cut the ribs off if you wanted like a tomahawk steak, but or break them off or however. But but what you would do, what I've seen people do, is basically just cut that rib meat off, and that kind of meat, like neck meat, rib meat, a lot of that is what goes into like a ground, you know, uh, beef. Well, we call it beef. Ground, ground elk, but yeah. Ground I mean, and everybody meat. has got a, like everybody kind of does it different. But yeah, there's a process there. It's not super complicated to learn. You can learn it right on YouTube for now. You can, you, there's, there's detailed videos of how to do it. You got to have a little stomach for, for blood. And so the same process would apply with a cow. It would <clears> just be huge. Yeah, I think it could. Uh, It'd be similar got, to an elk, right? Because an elk is about the same size animal. I think cows, it's maybe not as tall, but cows are huge, right? They're right. really fat and round. And even the, even the cows that you see out in the open range are big. The point is, this isn't a, this isn't a simple thing. Like you're going to take a, uh, calf and raise it for a year or two right and then you're going to butcher it yourself where are you going to store it what are you going to feed it right this is this is a process that requires planning i was a little taken back because i was watching a a sort of an informal podcast with Catherine austin fitz and this other lady they uh, had done a discussion on where to stash your cash they were like okay here if you got cash and you're trying to avoid inflation what do you do with it? Um, but I'll, I'll post a link to it. I thought it was an interesting discussion. But this isn't a podcast about cash. The point is, but they, they were talking about that, you know, maybe, maybe buying ahead your food and then they start talking about food storage. And these ladies were just like, uh, the, the one lady I think lived in Texas. She had a British accent, but she lived in Texas. Very interesting, right? So, so some of the Brits have gotten it and they've moved straight to Texas. I'm asking myself, why don't we live in Texas where they at least pretend like they're free? Right. Uh, 
she said she'd been talking to some farmers and whatever, and they, anyway, they're they're talking about the food shortages and all the potential problems. But their this this is what struck me so hard is was like their recommendation was that you get a two year supply. Now, this being a predominantly Mormon audience, we've been indoctrinated with the idea that you need a one-year supply. Well, Fitz and this other lady were like, no, you need two years. You need two years of food. That is a daunting It's a lot of food, depending on task. the size of your family. Yeah, if you've got a big family, that's a big deal. And if you don't have a big family, you probably don't have a big house. You, know, you probably don't have like a huge storage area. So two, two years of food for, for any... Um, Anybody that's sort of operating under regular parameters, they're, they're not, not likely to have a place to put that. And it's going to cost a fortune. Uh, unlike, like if, if a lot of people, when they think of food storage, think of either raw grains, like you know, wheat or something, or rice, or freeze-dried stuff, you know, backpacker food, like mm-hmm. Mountain House. And that stuff is not cheap. Right. But, but if you do the, the wheat and grains and stuff like that, it's not, a, it's not a terrible thing. It's just heavy... It's hard to move around when you when you move. I've moved a lot of food storage yeah. and Elder's Quorum moves. You know? <laughs> and then it's hard to... That's when you find out who has the stuff. It's hard to make. It, it, like, what are you going to do with wheat? You've got to have a way to grind well, it. Well, the, the traditional idea was to get wheat. And you can survive off of wheat. It is the staff of life, right? But it's not the best thing for you. And so if you have wheat and you're going to supplement, buy other stuff, right? R- the wheat will store. Rice and beans is a yeah. great Beans option. are great. Uh, millet, sorghum. There's all kinds of other things that we could incorporate that are probably a little bit better for us than than just the wheat. But whole wheat. But they're coming for it all. Good. They're coming for it all. The, right now, there's like a war on seeds. But I, I wanted to say something. Yeah. Before before we get there, when we're talking about, you said it costs a fortune. Well, if you're a, if you're a uh, professional that has been working for you know ten years or something as an adult saved up a little bit of money in a 401k, you probably have the money to, that you could get food storage. Just think about what your monthly family budget is. It's probably you know between $500 and $2,000 a month. Well, if, you, if your food budget is $2,000 a month and you multiply that by 12 months, that's 24 grand. You probably can do that. You just don't want to. You could probably put that kind of a down payment on a car. You probably just don't want to. Right. You know, you may have ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars saved up, but you just don't want to put it into food because right. Well, because two well, years when, of food is boring and uh, ten days at Disneyland is awesome. Yeah, how much does ten days at Disneyland cost? Twenty uh, probably a hundred million dollars yeah, now, now. If you eat all the food there. Anyway, you know, I'm uh, just saying this is surmountable. It's just that we don't want to do it. We we're now but right. but people very rational people. When I when I say when I bring up Catherine Austin Fitz, she's one of my favorites because she's what you would call a very rational person. She rose to the ranks of Undersecretary of Housing and Urban Development in the United States of America. That qualifies as somebody who had to have it together enough. You know, it's not. At we're not talking about did. Trump. I, I don't know if it does anymore. Well, yeah, but we're not talking about Donald Trump and his crazy tweets or Joe, Joe Biden or whatever. We're talking about uh, uh, somebody who worked on Wall Street. You know, ran their own business. You're you're right. Now now it seems to be more cronies that are in these in these positions. But she was in the inside and saw the inner workings of all this. And it, it and instead of saying how can I how can I capitalize on this and rise to power, she said, 
Yeah, those are oh part. Oh my gosh, these people are insane. This those whole are part of her. Is insane. Those are part of her credentials. Right. Those are part of her credentials, and that's where that's where uh, Ezra Taft Benson shines. Part of his credentials was agriculture, his know-how relative to growing food in Western America, right? And they they literally sent him over to Russia to help the Russians figure out how to get their agricultural systems going. Right. I mean, he's a farmer. And then he and he's also a, an able administrator, right? So he had credentials, street cred, and he had uh, what would you call it? Popular credentials, mm-hmm. and that's what Catherine Austin Fitz also had. And they both are sort of in the same category. Where once they start talking about conspiracy, they become widely disregarded. So they've got that that as credentials also. Well, the word conspiracy has been ruined right you can have a good uh, conspiracy the the harry, harry potter and we are going to do a harry potter series I, i'm committed to that i just don't know what the timeline will be yeah everybody's read that i don't think we'll lose listeners like we did with uh, stranger things <laughs> i gotta go back and see if we've gotten a bunch more people that have watched it now that they've had more time yeah. but uh harry potter and the order of the phoenix the order of the phoenix is a conspiracy it's a secret group of people planning secret actions. Right, but it's also uh, a, a discussion on modern times. Oh, for sure. About how they take over the schooling system and they take over the government right. and that and that conspiracy has to work against the other conspiracy. Right. But what I'm yeah, what I'm getting at is that the word conspiracy has been ruined. It's been meant it's it's it now means something that isn't true that people say oh well, that's just a conspiracy. Yeah, conspiracy means crazy. It means crazy, it means not true, it means implausible. What's funny is Fitz Catherine Fitz, she's been around on record multiple times saying, you guys need to form your own conspiracies. That's the problem, is they right. have a better conspiracy. You need to form your own groups and get together. In, a, in, in Alex Jones' words, you've got to act like the, you want to live or they're going to kill you. That's what I'm saying, is you have very rational people, people that look rational, that behave rational, that don't sound like Alex Jones are telling you two years of food. Right. You got Dr. Nick Rivera out there who's using cash for everything. For right. everything, for yeah. the gas station. Dr. Nick, I applaud you. That's a, I mean, a credit card is yeah, I, so incredibly convenient. I've even taken you it one cash step back, further. Right? I, don't, I hardly ever even use a card. I just zap things with my phone. That's right. People pay by phone. I'm looking at the World Economic Forum logo, and then their tagline is, committed to improving the state of the world. And... Maybe this is just my sort of backwards way of looking at the world, but I read that as committed to improving the state of yeah. the world, meaning improving the, the, the states, <laughs> like the yeah, the power, the hierarchy, the oligarchies. You know what they probably that's probably exactly what they meant. These people do that all the time. And then the word you just we we told you we right. told you guys we were doing this. You agreed to this. And then the word so they have world, and then below that economic, and then below that forum. So that the O's kind of line up. And then there's a, 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 a line, like a, a half circle, almost like an eclipsed sun going right through the O's. And you know what that makes? It makes three sixes. <laughs> I think people have point that, pointed that out, haven't they? I think so. <laughs> the, the, those, that, that circles and the slash kind of half circle or circle. All, there's been other places where that's shown up too. And you get 666. Look, big companies, big organizations spend 
lots of money developing logos for this reason. If you look at, for example, the FedEx logo, there's an arrow in it. The BYU Y has an arrow pointing down. And and I've heard that that's because, uh, you know, knowledge from on high. Oh. Now, I don't know if someone Mm, made that up after That's what you're getting at BYU? (laughs) You're getting something pressed down on you. You're getting, oh, there is, there is an arrow going in, the, but that's the old logo they did away with for a while. Yeah, I don't know, what, I don't know if that one's still the current logo. There's been a few over the years. Yeah. But, but yeah, logos are important. Um, and, and you're right, they, a lot of research and, and design development goes into logos. Especially for a big organization that has money to spend on a logo. They're going to sit right. there, they're going to agonize over it. I like this, I like that. And I don't like the color. The color says this, the logo says this. Oh, look at this little symbol. Oh, it's awesome. Let's do it. It's got a little symbol in it. And this one, this World Economic Forum is interesting because it's up against a black uh, background and it, and there's kind of a light behind it. It definitely looks like a... What are you, what are you looking at this there? This is the one that's in the Epoch, Epic Times epic times article but it it, it, it looks like an eclipse and it's like oh yeah is the it. world economic forum trying to blot out the light the one on their website is negative uh it's got uh, black text blue right eclipse or blue logo or, or blue circle or whatever on white and i know and that that's the, a good logo. i know the, the wef and the great reset gets like clowned a lot but it's real it's and it's being implemented in your in your local governments, it's right in front of your face. It's right under your nose. And I guess the question we always ask is, what are we going to do about it? What do we have the political will to do? It doesn't have to be violence. I, don't, I hope it isn't. When the mask mandates were steamrolling us, we should have refused. We should have said no. When the lockdowns when they said two weeks to slow the spread and two weeks came and went and they were saying, no, 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 we need another two weeks or two years, we should have put our feet down and said, no, you, we gave you two weeks. We gave you that. We, it's clear that none of this well, is changing. Fear, but fear, fear is the causes, mind killer. Fear is the mind killer, yeah. It, and and, and it's, it's killed a lot of minds. It's killed a lot of minds. But I think that my, there are minds that are waking up. For example, this article we're going to link to where uh, the senior economist was fact-checked by Facebook for right. saying we're in recession. The, these guys are moving quick. I, I think they have uh, occult reasons why they want to move quickly to try to take over the, as much power as they can. And it is causing blowback. It's causing people to wake up. And one thing that a lot of the public didn't realize early on in the pandemic pandemic, the fake pandemic, is that they changed the definition of pandemic. See, they're doing it now with the word recession, but it's becoming less palatable to the mainstream because they're starting to see the pattern of how they're changing everything. When it comes to to money, people know when they're being squeezed. And people, that's, people know when their, their income isn't going as far as it used yeah. to and they can't afford things and everything that they do is more expensive. That hits home. That right. hits right at home. That, that's the question. And th- this is why I'm worried about the situation. I'm feeling kind of negative because the next step is they take you to war because that's how they get their digital currency is by giving you a digital ration card. They're not going to give you ration cards in the next war like they did in World War II 
where you have little stamps, they're going to give you uh, a an digital app. one. It's an app. It's an app, and then that's going to become how you buy everything in the future, and that's going to be the start, I think, of the digital currency because you'll have to have it because of the rationing going on. Right. But right now, regular people are realizing the game the game is up on the language because you know they didn't quite see it with the pandemic all those discussions weren't public but now like you said the money people pay attention to the money when biden says we're not having inflation and we are you know when when you go you see at the gas stations the little stickers of biden pointing at the gas price and saying i did that right you know or thank a democrat i mean we went on a road trip earlier this year and that was everywhere there the signs were showing up you know thank a democrat right. or I, biden stickers i did that and pe- people getting upset and now you're seeing economists who are like what i got fact checked for saying it's a rec- that's the de- you know you you have a lot of uh older professors who are retiring or are starting to speak out about the woke onslaught, the woke craziness, mental it, illness. It, it, it's an assault on the mind and right. assault on language itself. So the question is, how quickly do we all just ditch Facebook, Twitter? I mean, we should be turning them off. We shouldn't even be clicking on their websites. I agree. We, you know, they, I, I, I 100% agree. I'm giving them clicks here. I'm giving it, we're stroking their egos by looking at their stuff. Now, of course, we do that for research, but you know, I've stopped looking at KSL, the local communist rag, uh, <laughs> as much as possible. The problem is they have the best classified ad system. I've wondered if maybe I should start a classified ad system called anti communist classifieds because. You know, do, every time you go use that, and it's it's sort of the only game in town. That's the problem. They brag about it on the on the freeway. They brag. We yeah. got five hundred thousand listeners. Half a million they, people they depend ad, on they KSL. Ad, they advertise on the billboards. As they're trying to get you to look at them, and because they're saying we're popular, but the only reason they're really popular is because people are using their classified ad system. Yeah, the, one of the only other ones I found that is somewhat competitive to that is uh, Facebook. Facebook has classifieds. They call it the marketplace, and it is another I don't communist use, I don't, rag. Yeah, I don't use Facebook anymore, but I I sold stuff on that. I found it even better than KSL because I could target who saw it, so it wasn't just necessarily strangers. Oh, you could sell it to your friends. You could sell it to your friends or people within groups. Like if you were in a a group for uh, ham radio enthusiasts or anti communist oh, okay. enthusiasts or whatever, you could say, "Well, I don't throw this out there to them," but I have a copy of None Dare Call It Conspiracy. <laughs> right. Original. Yeah, that, that's how they, I mean, that's how they, they get you in there, right? They want you on their website and then they can feed you all sorts of propaganda and BS. And, uh, and it's not know. as simple as building your own competing system. No, because they'll destroy that. Just ask. But it's also, but it parlor. also is that simple. Right. But we're, but we're we're sort of past the point of building a competing Facebook or a competing Twitter. It's like we need local circles now, which is what's maddening to me because, you know, before we started the podcast, we had the real discussion and Bobby was telling me about his experiences at church and it's somewhat maddening. Is that not fair to say? It's somewhat. Yeah. And I, I agree. It's like, Okay, because because here here's the people who are the people in your neighborhood, right? In your neighborhood, in your neighborhood. Nah, nah, nah. It's like, guys, the, we know this. You know this. Listening to the podcast, you feel isolated, and 
the the problem is people are the 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 people that aren't listening to this podcast the people that are not haven't haven't spent the last few years breaking out of the paradigm can they break out fast enough or is it going to be is this is this what we're about to see here cuz we're in the eye of the storm no doubt what we're about to see is it going to go so fast that they decide well you know I did kind of like what uh, Jordan was saying. Made some sense, but I got to eat, so I'm going to turn him in. Right. Turn him into the Stasi for my little uh, social credit points. Right. Is that is it going to go that fast, or are they going to have time to wake up? Will the devil allow you a timeout, or is uh, he going to press the issue? My feeling is that there is there is a let's call it a spirit of prophecy a spirit of truth that is moving through the land and people are waking up and once you're once you see you can't unsee and you can put you can, you can go back into the matrix you, you can go back you can put your head in the hole uh but you're gonna know you're gonna know what you're doing at that point and you're gonna have to decide i i i'm calling this era the I've called it a few things. One of my names for it is the great choosing. We, we're at a time frame where we have to choose. Are we choosing liberty or death and, and captivity? And that's really the, the question. That's really the choice. It comes down to, are you willing to fight for liberty or are you going to submit to captivity and death? Captivity, a lot of people, uh, it's really, um, it's really uh, appealing. Because when you're in prison, you get fed, you get little pats on the head for doing what the guards tell you to do. And right now, we're kind of living in a prison. It's a, it's a mind prison as much as anything. We're, you know, you're supposed to think certain things, and you're only supposed to say certain things. And if you say things that are not approved, then you're going to get penalized. Just ask J.K. Rowling, right? The, the prison's not so bad. You could be... Uh, the, you could play the role of Dolores Umbridge. Yeah. You know, d- d- uh, J.K. Rowling is being tormented by Dolores Umbridge's all it, the time. Yeah, it's it's it, like J.K. Rowling is a lifelong, you know, leftist in the traditional political left, Democrat style. Democrat style, right? She donates to charity. She 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 she's like a Robert F. Kennedy Jr. type of a leftist. Yeah. Is that what you mean, or is she like? Because uh, she's, she's not like even a, more of a, she a gay pride type of a leftist. I think she used to be. Until she said that, and I don't know if she's real flamboyant about that, but she was like supportive of 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 you know the the old gay rights right. movement. Did, she right, she sort the, of caved. She sort of caved and came out and said, "Well, Dumbledore's gay, yeah. right?" But then she had the which ob- I disagree with. I don't think he was gay in the books. I think she caved on that. Uh, yeah, she retconned her own stuff. You can't. It's not in the books. It's not hinted at in the books. She she was just winning woke points right there, and I think she maybe that was. When she started to realize that it's, her. it's never enough. And now she's saying a woman is a woman and yeah, she's, a man is a man. And she's, she's being, being canceled for absolutely it. murdered over it, yeah, but socially you, murdered. You know, there, there are a lot of open positions for Alfred Lickspittle in the mind prison. Oh, yeah. The, the, those guys have... We an, have inf- one as the governor. They have an infinite amount of money. They, got the, they own the printing press. They can, they can make you into an Alfred Lickspittle if you want. Yeah, I just heard uh, Utah, the great state of Utah, is getting some billions of federal dollars to combat 
climate is that stuff. what utah is we're the alfred lickspittle of the united states of america we're of the of, states the utah is that definitely one of them oh, we're, that just that is so true we're the alfred lickspittle state yeah we are we are make make us your we, we will do your bidding master in, in that story what's the name of the of the of the guy who lives in lake town um bard Bard. We That's need, who you want to be, the guy be, that shoots the freaking yeah. dragon out of the we sky. We need to be Bard. With and, the black arrow. And, what, and why does he do it? Made what's by it, the elves. What's his Come motivation? On, what's his motivation? To protect his family and his home. He, he has his own title of liberty. Well, not only that, but he has to live up to his legacy. His ancestors didn't right. quite get it done. He right. has to do it. He has to finish the job. And for heaven's sakes, we're going to blow that dragon out of the sky. And he does it against all the opposition, right? Largely created by Alfred Lickspittle. <laughs> Tolkien, we live in the AL st- Alfred Lickspittle state. Tolkien, um, Tolkien was. That's on, our. On that's going to be the T-shirt I'm going to wear. Tolkien is, is on point. No, it's going to say Utah is the Alfred Lickspittle <laughs> of the United States of America. That's a good one, and it's true, Spencer Cox. That's not a compliment. Stop patting yourself on the back. We know you listen. We know you're tuning in. <laughs> well, I'm done. Maybe today we cut things a little short again. It's <laughs> I don't know. It's <laughs> but but you know we're, I, I want to keep talking, but I'm just so like we're, we're, not enthused. We we are in these dog days. We talked about that at the end of last week's episode. Um, I think that we we we've talked about over the almost two year lifespan of this podcast a lot about the all the bad stuff happening. We've talked a lot about good stuff as well. I ha- I have to believe that this is um all going to play out in in the favor of those who love righteousness, who love God, who love liberty and are willing to stand up for it. Maybe we don't live to see that. Maybe the rest of our lives are kind of glum and bleak. I hope not cuz but I hope that uh, our kids can have some of the same opportunities that we've enjoyed and that prosperity and freedom the you know true honest prosperity and freedom are restored to the United States and the rest of the world i don't know if that's going to be the case there's i uh, you know the, the 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 prophecies and things like that maybe point into a different direction but i guess uh, i guess uh, over time time no they the the good guys come and they burn the earth it's you know look get on, get on the right side but look here here's what happens to alfred lickspittle i wasn't even listening to what you're saying here's what i that's okay okay this i don't is, think the audience was either oh no, this is what happens okay so this is what this is what happens cuz you got to pick you got to either pick bard or alfred lickspittle yeah, the great choosing it's the great choosing you're right bobby so right okay so l- during the battle um Alfred flees, like he hides with all the people, right? Mm-hmm. And later on, he's discovered in women's clothing, okay? Mm-hmm. And he's been being called a coward by the people of Lake Town, and he, he, they're all trying to get their whole thing together, and they're all gonna, they're trying to decide if uh, Thorin Oakenshield is gonna succumb to the evil and everything. This may be, I can't remember how the battle goes. This may be while the battle's going on or whatever, but. Uh, if you remember, he's all dressed up in women's clothing. He's trying to hide with the women and children. He doesn't want to play the role that he's supposed to play as a man. 
And uh, when he's discovered by the townspeople, he's called a coward. They, they yell at him, call him a coward, and he steals their gold and flees. And he's later attacked by a troll, but Bard, who is the hero in this section of the show, mm-hmm. of the story, he kills the troll. And Alfred, Alfred shows his cowardliness and runs away. He later hides in a catapult that is attached to a dead troll, watching as Gandalf confronts another troll unsuccessfully. So this is while the, this is while the, the battle's still going on. Okay, now remember, Alfred has stuffed all the gold into his bosom, into his, <laughs> right. his women's clothing there. Okay, so Gandalf is in, in mortal peril here. And uh, he's unsuccessfully trying to use his staff. However, so Alfred is on the, on the catapult entangled with this other troll. One of the coins slips off of his corset, falls onto the catapult lever. The coin acts as a counterweight, throwing Alfred inside the troll's mouth. And both Alfred and the troll are asphyxiated, inadvertently saving Gandalf. I don't remember that really clearly, but I'm just reading somebody else's right. re- retelling of the story. That's what happens to Alfred Lickspittle, Utah. That yeah. is yeah. what happens. You end you, up you th- asphyxiating yeah. in one of the orifices, and in the case of Utah, it's probably not the mouth orifice you think, of the troll. You think that signing these agreements and taking all this money... Because and- you guys have your head so far up the <laughs> arse... <laughs> <laughs> of the secret combination, Mitt Romney, Spencer Cox, Evan McMullen. There, we name names. You think, you're going to suffocate. You think that you're their friends. You think you're in the club. You're not. You're a useful idiot. When your use is used up, you're going to be lined up on the fire, at the firing squad just like all the dissidents. And this isn't a time where we can sit back and say, oh, yeah, we're just going to change the Republican Party from within. No. That time has passed. There's a, you know, uh, Thor um, Ragnarok. There's a character that does the same thing. It's the guy, he's the, uh, I can't remember his name, but he, um, he, he sides with the Thor's sister, the evil queen. And he kind of, he becomes the executioner. Yeah, this is the, played, the guy played by Carl Urban. Yeah. And uh, he, um, he dresses in women's clothing and he boards the ship, you know, the escape ship. And then people recognize him, right? And he has a, he repents. He comes to realize, you know what? I'm a mighty warrior. He has like two AR-15s, doesn't he? Or and, two, actually M-16s. Yeah, and he buys, he buys the ship enough time to take off by sacrificing himself. His name's Scourge. But he, um, you know, he... Uh, he has usurped uh, Heimdall's position. Keeping the gate yeah. in the great inversion. Yeah. But he has a, you know, a, a repentance moment and goes out in a blaze of glory rather than being thrown into the mouth of a troll. But he does kind of jump into an abyss, into a gaping maw yeah. to his death. But he saves a lot of people yeah. in the process. Yeah. So there's always, that's a familiar trope in storytelling, right? The guy who sells out. And you, sacrifices it, it, himself in repentance at times, or ends up dying. Usually, uh, usually, you know, in, in this case of uh, Lickspittle, it was his, oh, they get their you saying they get their comeuppance. Yeah, he, he was killed by his own greed, right? The money spilled out of him and yeah, flipped the switch. Yeah, and that's intentional. I mean, it's <clears throat> it's so clear the 
metaphor there, the story right. there. You have the in, in Lord of the Rings, you also had um the the uh Sauron's or Saruman's little uh weasel that was whispering curses into the ear of uh the king of the Rohan. What was his name? Wormtail. Wormtongue. Wormtongue or Wormwood? Wormtongue. Wormwood is the screw tape letters. Yeah, and also the star that's supposed to fall from the sky in Revelation. In the books, Wormtongue ends up fleeing, and he goes to the Shire, and he actually takes over the Shire. That's right. He turns they them into to like t- him. tobacco slaves. Yeah. And the hobbits, the hero hobbits, Frodo and company, come back and actually kind of brutally, like they they, they get rid of him. They they rouse the Shire and they execute. Worm tongue in a pretty brutal fashion. That's not in the movies. No, that part of the ending is it's probably good from a movie standpoint. It was already long enough, but <laughs> you know, he kind of got his comeuppance. But yeah, don't be those guys. That's what happens. That's because, what happens. You know, and, and people like Spencer Cox, at least from the outside, he's that kind of guy. He's doing the bidding of people that want to kill us. And he does. He thinks he's doing the Lord's work. He thinks he's do, he thinks he's a, a you know a Captain Moroni or something. But the the world is filled with these people. Fauci Fauci's out there telling people, I, I I never I never pushed for lockdowns. What are you talking about? That wasn't that was that was like Andrew Cuomo with Fauci. The voices. Uh, I haven't been practicing the voices. But it's Fauci's a, out there. It's been a while since we've Fauci's heard the voice. literally out there saying, well, I, never, I never said we should lock down. Burks is out there admitting in her book that she just lied to all of us and was content to let people die. With the intention of getting the lockdowns extended. Right. With, with like, they admitted to what they did. If you're not aware, Dr. Burks <clears throat> was, is, it, is she a doctor? Probably. Maybe. Doctor of? Dr. Scarf Lady. Yeah, and she came to Utah in the fall of 2020, and and after she visited, all the rhetoric and the and the the propaganda really got amplified here. <laughs> if you search for Doctor Burks, Deborah Burks, the first thing you get is a fact check from Politifact. No, Doctor Burks didn't change her tune on COVID vaccines. It's like the lady doth protest too much. Me thinks I just wanted she the did. Wikipedia article. She did change her. She did. She yeah. PolitiFact is a hack. It's a hack organization. They're regime propaganda. That's it. She's a physician uh, and came up through the army. She's a bureaucrat. She's been in the, in the same kind of bureaucratic doctor, cha- chain as Fauci has for 25 years. Doctor years. of Medicine, Penn State. Milton S. Hershey yeah. Medical When's Center. When's the last time she treated a patient? Oh, she treated a lot of patients. <laughs> treated them poorly. Treated us all, yeah. Yeah, she's Scarf Lady. Just FYI for the uninformed. Another Alfred Lickspittle. Well, I, I think it's time for people to ask themselves, what is the secret combination that is getting above them? And then what to do about it? Well, let's get back to the food thing. <coughs> get food storage. Yeah, get as much as you can. And maybe even a little bit more. And, fi- and figure out like how to store it. If you can get uh, a bulk, look, 
meat. I, I don't even do care it. if I don't even care if we're wrong here and we're giving you bad advice. Buy you can chickens. always you can always eat it later. If you don't like it, that's your problem. Right. But at least you, you know we're erring on the side of caution here. If beef is is too expensive or too far out, go buy some chickens. Oats are good. Whole oats. There's right. a lot of grains, whole grains that are a lot better for you than all the crap we're eating. It, you know, so it's it's not that wheat is bad. It's just if you have 600 pounds of wheat and that's it, it's not going to be very canned, pleasant. Canned stuff, canned yeah. soups, canned, canned vegetables, canned, canned fruits. Canned foods last a long time, a lot longer than their expirations, like to say. The canned... Uh, you can use them. They're, they're reasonably good to eat, you know. The canned Mountain House freeze-dried stuff has a published 25-year shelf life. Yeah. And those are, what they call those, the number 10 cans. Those have a pretty good, pretty good amount in each one. They're easy to store. Mm -hmm. They're lightweight. I realize prices are going up. I can hear you guys. Prices are going up. We get it. We get it. Would you rather have Netflix or food? There's 19 bucks a month. Would you rather have... Well, when's the next season of Stranger Things coming out? You can, you can cancel and then come back. Uh, oh, yeah. You could probably get it down. It is true. You could probably download it on some website. You could probably. They've kept us dumb and distracted. They've they've fattened us up and they're dumbing us down. Now they're leading us to the slaughter. We are the cattle. That's right. They've they've dumbed us down and fattened us up. We are unhealthy. We're stupid. They're going to eat us. Um. They won't. They're going to have their own organic beef and. They're going to soil, soil and green us. But we might be put into some... Is that the name of that show? Yeah. Have it's you seen people. that? It's people. That ends up in uh, Cloud Atlas also. They may just end up feeding us into a paste maker and fed to the pigs that they eat. They eat the pigs? They are the hey, pigs. You, you know, Bill Gates isn't going to eat crickets, okay? Oh no, no! Klaus not, Schwab's not going to eat. crickets. They're not eating crickets. Who'd they have? They I saw something. They had. Uh, he did drink toilet water. He was on a little video. Bill Gates drinking some like reclaimed water from oh. sewage or something to demonstrate. Like he's. Yeah, he's, they had Nicole Kidman eating some meal mealworms, something, try, yeah, like, uh, acting something like they're like delicious. That. Yeah, guys, and it was like we're not buying that. Yeah, but they do sometimes go too far too fast. Trying to make us think cannibalism is cool. Oh, yeah. Now's the time. Oh, yeah. Okay, David Levitt. We see, <laughs> we, we see you. <laughs> Weirdos. Oh, man. Sometimes you just have to sit back and laugh at all of this because it's absurd. It's so stupid. And yet it has some pretty dire consequences. It, it can. It, and it certainly will if we let this get too far. And man, it's far along. It is far along, and that little demon baby is about to be born. Yeah, it is difficult to do something about this. It is, it's difficult because, you know, trying to do a garden. Yeah, I'm, I'm failing at a garden this year. Gardening definitely. is hard work. It's but a hard I think I might work. have some potatoes going, but my, my tomato, tree, tomato plants are dying. I tried to do a bunch of spinach. I, got, I had like 50 spinach plants started. I've got three left, and they're dying. They're dead. Like they never got past a certain stage. I think it's the soil. I think I think it's the soil. I've done some gardening successfully before. I don't. I, I, the problem is I don't know what the full technical readout. You know the full right. all the all the parameters are that I absolutely have to have done. I, I've just put this stuff in the ground and 
and I think I have, I have a soil problem where I've got too much pH in it or, or too much uh, alkaline in it or something you, like that. You know too what high I see? Of a pH. Uh, I walk through the neighborhoods a lot and I ride my bike and <clears throat> you, you do the same thing. You know what I see a lot of in people's yards? Weeds? Dilapidated gardens. Failed attempts at gardens. Do you? I was at an. It's uh, hard. I've tried members. it and failed. I have to. I'll give a shout out here. Um, well, I guess I won't because I don't want to out anybody. But I was at a family member's house. The, one, these people do listen to the podcast. Congratulations on your garden. They have an incredibly good garden. If you can, if you know what you're doing, and you, it, you, you can be successful at it. I it's, mean, it's like it take. It's a daily effort. But the, but once you get it going, and the plants get ahead of the weeds and stuff it's right. not so they take over you know i think it's the soil i think well it's all starts with the soil another thing that's happening is that the federal government and other big tech or big corporations are harassing ranchers too ranching is huge in the western united states if you've never left your big city go go out there and into rural utah or, or Montana, Colorado, Wyoming, and it's just, there's cattle everywhere. And they're being harassed and pushed around. Yeah, and they're being uh, regulated out of business by the, the meat packing. <clears throat> right. they, they were able to create a choke point and uh, regulate them through the meat packers. And so if they can't sell it, then they have to call their herds, sell them at a lower price or whatever, right. and they're not going to produce as much the next well, and that's year. that's what uh, we mentioned a few weeks ago, the, the pig plant in Beaver, Utah, a small town in central mm-hmm. Utah that's closing and I, I was in Beaver and I asked some people about it and they mm-hmm. said yeah it's a, it's a big deal it's hurting it's hurting the economy mm-hmm. and they're figuring they're trying to figure out down there piv- you know pivoting to tourism and you know well, tra- part of the problem doing is that, something part but, of the problem is all this stuff got consolidated into these big companies you know our right. our uh, parents grandparents generation those farmers sold to to conglomerates and they got these Monopolies, they're, they're cartel-like monopolies on, uh, like Norbest does all the turkeys in San Pete Valley. It's just yeah, there's um, cost-effective. People don't want to do their own turkeys. It's, it's a lot of work to do a garden. But you know what? One thing you can do as an individual right now is at least you can prioritize what you're eating. You can, you can uh, have the whole trade-off mentality. Every time you drink a Pepsi Nitro, there's an opportunity cost that money could be going to something else. So you can look at what you're eating and you can trade. And you, could, you can look at your food budget and you can trade all the, all the soda pop, all the sugary stuff for things that are, that are better for you. You can buy more wholesome bulk foods and, and you're going to spend more time making your own food when you do that. But you'll be healthier and uh, you, you'll have more food. You know, the, we, we can... We can deprioritize the industrial food and reprioritize the more natural stuff. Right. You know, and, and if you can't afford or can't wait for like a side of beef, you can still buy beef in the stores. And you could buy, um, maybe you go to the store and your normal purchase is a, a pound of ground beef. Well, now buy two pounds and then put that other pound in the freezer. Mm-hmm. And over time, if we have time left, over time, you're going to have a few extra pounds of ground beef. and. Mm-hmm. That'll go. That'll be something, and that that's another way to build up food storage, right? Just buy a little bit of extra each time you go. A couple extra cans of corn, like we, whatever. We need to make lifestyle changes. Not for sure. We, it's not. This isn't about just buying a bunch of stuff. It's right. We, that, and I'm saying this to myself. 
get rid of like the junk food and Bobby Flood. We, we should the, really have the Doritos and the soda. We should hold each other accountable. Like we should come back next week and be like, "What did you do to improve your food situation?" Floods, Brunos. Yeah, we need to hold ourselves accountable. It's a good idea. But pretty soon, the end of that is okay. When when we go through the checklist, it's going to get to the point of let's. Okay, what did you do to improve your housing situation? Are you ready to move? Or are you going to get out of the cities? You know, <laughs> I mean, real, re, we realize that, you know, not everybody can do everything to fully insulate themselves. And I, I remember having this conversation with God a long time ago where I'd done a bunch of preps and I was thinking, you know, it's not enough. It's never enough. What, what, what do I need to do? Do I need to move to a, uh, a ranch in Montana. Is that what I need to do to protect my family? How about a, I could buy a decommissioned missile silo? That'd work. Yeah, that'd be really cool. We could be protected by going underground. And I was looking up into the stars and I realized, you know what, Lord, you win. We need a savior. I get it. We need you. Not, I can't, I can't do anything to deliver myself from this, situ- this awful situation fully. And I've also been realizing in the in the in the years that came after that that it's not necessarily about this life right it's about the heavens lecture 6 of lectures on faith explains that the only way to be saved is to make the sacrifice of all earthly things so if you if you look at for example abinadi and i'm not saying that you all are abinadis or whatever there's also in the case of Abinad, in the story of Abinadi, there was Alma. Alma has to start the new society, right? So there are there are people that get out, but sh- there's a role to be played, right? And some some people are here to start the new society. Some people are here to be the Abinadi. Some people are Alfred Lickspittle. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> Alfred Lickspittles out there. But you got to get in touch with the Lord and figure out what role it is that you're supposed to play, because the point was never to survive this world. The point was to wake up and arise, right? Right. That's what the temple teaches us. Adam has to awaken and arise. And and it's not about amassing wealth. It's not about having a great retirement here. It's about doing what you were supposed to do, waking up, recognizing the, the counterfeit, and then aligning ourselves with the true God who has made an at-one-ment, who, who is the true king of our creation, and following him. And then it doesn't matter what the disposition is, because we're all going to die. And like the Zero Hedge guys like to say, what's their tagline? On a long enough timeline, the survival rate for everyone drops to zero. I love that. <laughs> Those guys, and I love how their uh, their avatar is Tyler Durden, right? Right. If you haven't seen Fight Club, don't worry about it. But you, might. <laughs> it is very, very much a not not a family movie, right? But it's interesting. Speaking of missile silos, there's a book called Wool. Wool. Yeah. W o o l. Yeah. Where the this society that they live in a missile silo, kind of dystopian. And there's a there's sequels to it, but I haven't read those yet. But yeah, I think it's important. F- all of us need to figure out what our role is to play, and then do it and play but I, it. 
you know, I don't think that means don't prep either. You know, no, unless, uh, unless you get like, like a sacrifice, an angel that says don't prep, don't prep. You know, you, I think prepping is actually it you, makes sense. You talked about like the sacrifice of all worldly things. That doesn't mean that you just sit back and say, okay, well, I'm sacrificing all my worldly things by letting evil, conspiring people take everything away from me, Ta- including my sovereignty, my individuality, my mind. Right, right. Here, here's the problem. Here's the problem is that a lot of people realize, oh, that, you know, in order to connect with God, I need to sacrifice. And so there, a lot of people use, f- allow fear, they allow fear to, to instruct them as to what sacrifices they ought to be making. And you look at the story of Abraham, right? He has to, he's supposed to sacrifice his son. And that results in his, his, uh, relationship with God being expanded. The angel comes, you know, the Lord comes. This is not, uh, it's not uncommon when you start to wake up to the the scriptural pattern that you realize the Lord's going to ask you to sacrifice. And so a lot of people run out there and it's like, oh, well, what a, let's just get this over real quick, like jumping into ice water, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I'm going to sacrifice every, what, what, what do I love the most? My family, my car. And so then they just throw it all into the wind. No, <laughs> Here's the problem. The, the great pattern was demonstrated with Cain and Abel. The Lord asked sacrifice of Abel, and Abel gave the appropriate sacrifice. But in the case of Cain, Cain sacrificed also, but he sacrificed what Satan told him to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And, the, and he loved Satan more than God, and he was listening to Satan more than God. That's the problem. And, and this is what makes it so difficult, because I, I know it is hard at least for me personally, it's hard to know what God is telling you individually. But it starts with a still, small voice, right? Not in the whirlwind, not in the tempest, not in the fire. It's, it's inside of you. The Lord is somehow communicating with you, each, with each of us. And we have, to, we have to hear that and refine it, right? We, we have to build on that little by little, until those manifestations be, can, can become greater. And I think God will, at, on his timeline, when he wants to, will give you those miraculous things, if you believe it, you know, if you're that type of person that, that wants it and believes it, I think those things will happen. But it's going to be his way and his timing, not, you know, we can't, we can't just order, order up the angelic manifestation, right? Right. And so so you've got to be listening to the still small voice and right now I think that's why we're having the conversation about food, right? It's not just the still small voice, it's the freaking WEF that's <laughs> saying you're going to be out of food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're going to eat what we tell you to eat and you'll be happy. Right. Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't think I'm going to be If happy. you ha- if you have an uneasy <clears throat> feeling, it might be the still small voice. We've talked about this before, I think, on the podcast. Isn't it? Isn't it maddening that we'll tell the kids at church? We'll tell them, "Hey, you're going to be in a, you're going to be at a party, and they're going to be serving alcohol, and you're going to get an uneasy feeling." So that's the that's the Holy Ghost. You need to leave the party and you know follow the Holy Ghost when he, when the Holy Ghost is warning you. And but then when you're an adult, the only thing they ever talk about being the fruit of the Spirit is peace and love and joy. Like the like like yeah, and I knew that I needed to to uh, go home teaching because I heard the tabernacle choir and I just felt at peace and all this. No, you might, as an adult, get that uneasy feeling. What, is, what do you think that is when, you, when you're looking at the world and, you, and you're like, oh, this is wrong, this is bad, you know? That's the Holy Ghost, guys. Right. 
If, if you think something's wrong, it might be God working on you, trying to tell you that something's wrong. I got that peaceful, easy feeling. And I know <clears throat> it won't let me down. Because I'm all... Well, uh, yeah, the, Holy the, Ghost is, the Holy Ghost is a voice of warning. And, and yeah, usually warnings don't come in, you know, peaceful, easy feelings. I like the Boston song. I woke up this morning and I turned on some music to start my day. I lost myself in a familiar song. I closed my eyes and I drift away. More than a feeling. And I drift away. <laughs> it's more, I am it's, a bad, bad singer. It's more than a feeling, right? That's the, yeah. the, the God's, That's a great song. Yeah, God's influence is more than a feeling. It's not just, it's about truth impacting upon you. It's when 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 you get those lightning strikes of truth then you react in a certain way based on how you're built based on what your world experiences based on how often you have responded to god versus responding to the other side and we've all done both right so anyway it's a, it's a difficult thing we're caught, we're seriously living in the matrix and and the mind virus show is is kind of like when Neo goes to the Oracle and and we're the kids sitting around looking at the spoons. <laughs> there is no spoon, but it looks like a spoon. But there is no spoon. And then the spoon like bends over. Right. Yeah. It's it's remarkable what we're living through. I mean, it, it is. If we if humanity survives this, we will look back at the this era and. I think we will, people will study this era as a huge turning point in, in the history of humankind. Or they won't because we'll all be dead. But no, I think that, I think that if, if, this, if and when, not if, but when the situation resolves, people will look back upon this sphere, this eon, and go, yeah, that was pretty intense. Right. What, those, those of us that go through it are going to have that uh, either feather in your cap, arrow in your quiver, you know, that experience, or will be badly scarred by it, right? Yeah, well, yeah. and you're seeing that in really small uh, situations. There's people that are really scarred over the last couple of years. They're, they'll never be the same. The, the pandemic, the fear, all that kind of stuff just broke them. And then, the, and then to, on top of that, all the political unrest, all these different causes that everyone's supposed to, like if, I don't know how people who, who get caught up in this keep up with it every other day it's oh, something they, new yeah it's now monkeypox you need yeah, to be scared of monkeypox you got to be scared of something you got to also be supporting something you've got to be yeah. outraged about something you you got to be monkeypoxing for ukraine <laughs> and transgender you see that oh and for non recession zelensky and his wife did a big photo shoot for vogue magazine what and it's like well i thought you were fighting a Are war you, yeah what's going on <laughs> Yeah, they've got a big spread in Vogue magazine. So they're just playing Hunger Games over there. Exactly. It's all the world's a stage. Yeah. This guy is so fake, and everything about this is fake. I'm not saying that there aren't real people being hurt in Ukraine. That's the problem. It's, all, it's all, all real, but it's all fake. It's all, it's all manufactured. And, and again, the, the people being hurt are innocent people. And that's always the case with the Hunger Games, right? With these, the games these people play. Right. This one of these articles that we read talks about asks the question: What happens to the farmers when 
everything is grown in silos and skyscrapers and labs. And it's like, well, if you're the WF or Bill Gates, who freaking cares what happens to the farmers? Mm-hmm. Who cares? They can die. I don't care. That's, that's their attitude. They, learn, learn to code. They don't. They, Hashtag learn to code. They don't care. They, they desire that a probably 60% of the population of the entire planet be dead. They want that. They've said that. I got a new hashtag for us, Victory Gardens. Hashtag Victory Garden. This is what they did uh, in World War II. A lot of the produce was grown at home. Right. Right now I have a non-Victory Garden. (laughs) Well, you have an attempt, at least. I don't even have that. We ever going to be done with this podcast? You mean like done like we don't record anymore? No, like I'm just sick and tired of... I think, I think when, I think when we, one or both of us gets hauled off to the victory prison, then yeah, it might be done. No, I'm talking about, I'm talking about today. Today? Yeah, we can be done I feel like we're just circling back around. Yeah, let's uh, be done. Let's be done. I'm, yeah, I enjoy talking, but like, yeah, I need to, I need to go out and reset my own personal narrative and reset the garden. Great. A, would it be a great reset? A great reset of my narrative. <laughs> well, we know this, guys. We know they're coming for us. No, it's bad. But but try to be positive. Try to well, not not be like Jordan Bruno here. Try to be positive. Well, and just be courageous. And, and whatever yeah. that means, figure out what that means in your life and your sphere of influence. Be courageous. Don't be lickspittle. What a great name for a coward. That's going to be the name of our podcast. Or the name of the, the episode today. <laughs> Don't you think I was going to call it, I want to, I want to finish the podcast, but I keep talking. Uh, I was going to call it eat meat, lift weights and shoot guns, but I think now it's, uh, Alfred Lickspittle. Yeah. We need to make a shirt though that says eat meat, lift weights, shoot guns. I'm fine with that. TM. In our imaginary world of shirts, of t-shirts. All right. Well, thanks everybody. Thanks for listening. We are going to sign off and let you get back to the hard work of preparing for the apocalypse. And preparing for the next podcast. Yeah, we'll see. I hope that you all put in as much preparation as we do. We'll see you in a week's time. (laughs) Okay, take care, everybody.